Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. Welcome back to PR360. Our guest today is Wing Lam, the eldest of three founding brothers of Wahoo's Fish Taco, who has over 30 years of experience in the restaurant industry. As the face of the iconic brand, Wing is not only a seasoned entrepreneur, but also a sought-after speaker at global events and has made television appearances on The Secret Millionaire and The Food Network. Beyond business, Wing is actively engaged in philanthropy, serving on the boards of organizations like Share Our Strength and the Surfrider Foundation. He's also the founder of the California Love Drop, which we'll discuss today. Uh, to further add to his accolades, he is the second person to ever join the coveted three-timers club on PR360. So uh, you're in your rare air here. The other person is Sharon Audie from uh, iConnective. So without further ado, after the 27-minute introduction, Wing Lay. Nice, nice to be back here again, Todd. And go Dodgers! Nice hat there. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, I gotta gotta sport the Dodgers hat even, even in the off season after them getting uh, Shohei Otani. So. I'm going to have to work a lot harder to afford a hot dog at a Dodger game, though, because you're paying a guy $700 million, It's going to be a little tough. It's going to be a lot of fun, though. Next year is going to be a great season. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The energy will be, be crazy. So uh, you were recently the keynote speaker at the Vital Link Student Leadership Summit. Um, what was your overall message to the students? You know, as we say, maybe college these days may not be the answer for, you know, I'll be whatever. It's more about finding, you know, I guess, you know, you know, I call it the, the soft skills, right? Having the accounting, the finance, you know, I call it the business skill. So don't, you know, let anybody fool you that you don't need a college degree. You may not need it, but your business in order to function will require somebody to have a college degree or at least the skill sets to be able to do the business side of your idea. So that's what I was telling all these kids, because you know what, whether you're a gardener, a mechanic or an engineer, you know, there's an answer in a place for everybody here. You just got to find your, you know, your true passion. Right. And I think uh, it was with the LA Times, you said that people don't go out of business in the restaurant business because they make bad food uh, it's because there's a piece of the business that that they're lacking is that is that part is that weaved into the message for the students yeah pretty much you know it's like you don't fail because you can't you know deliver good food you fail because you can't get people to come in to buy the good food that's lesson eight so marketing and sales is number one number two is once you made the money make sure you put it into the right usage meaning payroll, expenses, rent, all the stuff that he knows. So don't think, I love the idea, right? There's somebody will say, oh my God, I sold a bottle of Coke for five bucks. I just made $4. No, yeah. you didn't. You have now $4 to pay your rent, your labor, blah, blah, blah. Until you sell about a thousand cans of Coke or whatever, then you might actually make a couple of bucks, right? So that's the part that everybody forgets. You got yeah. overhead, you got all these expenses. Yeah, and talking about that, I think last time we spoke, it was kind of coming out of COVID, and the big lesson was also 
knowing to save money and have cash on hand in case the whole world turns upside down again, right? Absolutely. You got to always have, like they said, three to six months worth of cash flow just in case, you know, pre-COVID, like a rainy day, a snow day, occasional fires in California, right? <laughs> so you don't know all these little natural disasters or just something like gas prices going up. So there's a lot of outside factors that will impact your business. You just don't know where it's going to come from. So it's always nice to have a little bit of cushion there in case, you know, you go out, you know, for a week or two without any sales. So you got to have that cushion in there. Yeah. Uh, getting back to the Virtual Link Student Leadership Summit, uh, if you got a chance to talk to some of the kids there, what type of businesses were they into creating? Like what's, I don't know, Gen Alpha or the uh, um, younger Gen Zs, what type of businesses are they into? You seem to have a lot of, call it internet related, right? Because they all think they're, uh, I hate to use the word, social media influencers in their own you know, mind. But the idea that it's going to be easy, it's not, right? Social media does allow you to create a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily require a brick and mortar, like a lot of overhead. But ultimately, you got to be able to provide a mousetrap or a solution do an existing problem. In other words, you got to come up with a better solution, right? And that's what's going to get people to go, whoa, maybe I should buy this because it'll help me do this better, right? So at the end of the day, it's all about, you know, finding a solution to something that's already existing or making something better. So yes, you don't have maybe nearly the overhead, but you're still going to have to create a pretty smart, you know, angle to attack the business. So did you explain to them that you were the original influencer and you started that <laughs> by making delicious food and then that gave you a profile versus the people wanting to work backwards and uh, be well known for nothing? And that doesn't go very far, right? Yeah, but at the end of the day, like I said, is you got to be the go-to guy, whatever it is that you're going to do, right? Because like I said, there's a million attorneys, a million CPAs, a million doctors, a million of all of us, right? But what is going to, you know, about you that stands out and why should people come to you? What is it that you do better than anybody else? Or what do you do that makes their life better? That's really at the end of the day. If you can make my life better, I'm going to come to you time and time again. Uh, no, that's that's. That's great wisdom. I mean, it's it's so simple, right? But sometimes that's the hardest lesson to learn, right? Well, I think what they people spend too much time is look at me. Look how great I am. Look how good I am. Look at me. Look at me. I'm like, at the end of the day, it goes, yes, you might be the best chef in the world, but how are you going to make my life better? Right. If I can't answer that question, it really doesn't matter how good I think I am. It's how good am I going to make your life going to be? That's really the key question and answer right here. It reminded me, I was reading an interview and it was uh, with Barack Obama and they were talking about how, you know, younger people can, you know, come up in the world and the different things. And his basic idea, idea was, he goes, be the guy. He goes, you know, on, on, every, on every team and you might be the youngest guy on the team, but the guy where it's like, hey, we need to get this done. You're the guy who shows up, does the task to completion not the guy who grandstands and tries to get all the attention, but just be the guy that you're indispensable. You may not be, you know, doing the most incredible thing, a high wire act or whatever, but just having people being able to rely on you is 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 gold, really, you know? That is the key. Like I said, you know, people always ask me, what do you do? I'm a taco maker. 
I just make pretty good tacos. But more important, I make the events that I go to better, right? Because the old days in action sports, there was no budget for food. It basically was BYOB, right? If you didn't bring it, you didn't eat it, right? So when I volunteer to start doing this, people are like, oh my God, who is this crazy kid that comes to the beach, to the skate park, to the snow, and all these places that nobody else is interested in coming unless you are participating. So I came to support the events that were happening, the concerts, whatever that might be. And I just made it a little bit better than it before I got there, right? So like you said, I became an integral part of a surf event, a skate event, because without it, we would go back to the old days where if you didn't bring it, there was nothing to eat or drink. So I just made it better. And I became that little guy that would always show up, you know, in the middle of the night, middle of the day on the weekends. And people are like, he's still here. And he's still here. I'm like, yep. <laughs> Why do you think that there's a synergy between those? T- I, I get the surfing and the fish taco thing, right? You're, you're doing something yeah. in the ocean. But what other things like skateboarding, things like that, what, why do you think fish tacos and that, that type of meal just matches, just, just goes well with that type of thing? Well, fish naturally and chicken are two of the lighter proteins. Like It doesn't weigh you down. So when you're trying to be extremely agile, like skateboarding, surfing, all these events, right, you don't want to be weighted down by something that's heavy. Right. I'm not putting any of the proteins down, but you want to be light on your feet and be able to move. Right. And digest relatively quickly. So something that's grilled, you know, again, steak, all of them, they're all really good for you. It just seems like your body, you know, tends to be move a little faster when you're eating fish and chicken. Right. So I just came into a space that nobody was doing and it was, hey, I feel pretty good. And then in your mind, you're like, hmm, I just won this contest. Maybe there's something about this food, whether it was me or the, his training or everything else, right? But as long as you're part of the storyline, the narrative, people are going to go, hmm, quote, before, right? So it was always kind of like part of the routine, I call it. So I think a lot of times these days, like when you go to the gym, right, if you don't have time, especially late in the day, you might grab one of those bars, right? Well, is that necessarily good for you or not? I'm, you know, the jury's out, right? There seems to be a lot of, you know, sugar in it or whatever. So I'm not 100% sure it's necessarily good for you, but it's better than nothing, right? So the same thing, you know, when you're out there surfing in the middle of nowhere, I'm the only choice anyway, right? So it's not like you have, oh, I can go get this or that, right? I'm it. Right. So when it kind of and you start having fun and the mindsets like, you know, the, you know, the old, the positive reinforcement had a great day surfing, great day skateboarding. I ate some tacos. I'm okay, Right. So that just becomes a routine. It's very subliminal. Nothing like and I don't know that to be 100 percent true. But before me, there was nothing else there anyway. So (laughs) there you go. It's, uh, you know, necessity being the mother of invention or you. You saw a market, right, you know, that nobody else was seeing. Yep. The, these guys get hungry after those waves, you know. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> and you never see people having, you know, a, a McRib and then going to go skateboard or something. It's just not going to work. Maybe not, yeah. But the, but the idea is, like I said, you have a nutritional bar, you know, an energy bar, whatever, or a shake, whatever. Yes, those are all good, but... I, I hate to use the word, they're not necessarily craveable, right? Yes, it fulfills yeah. the need, but if you have something that fulfills your need and it's also a little craveable, 
you're going to have a little bit more memorable, you know, moment, right? You're going to go, hmm, yeah. that was a really good, fun session. And I had these great tacos that I didn't have to pay for. Hmm, yeah. you know? <laughs> Works across the board. Yeah. I remember also last time we talked, we talked a lot about the California love drop, the Cali love drop that you've yep. been doing with the uh, charity you created and every Friday going on uh, Heidi and Frank's show, a show yep. that I used to get Frank Kramer his sandwiches during lunchtime when I oh, was yeah. hopefully the indispensable person in the radio station that got Frank his sandwich so he could continue and plow through a radio show and Heidi her green tea. Yep. Get her a green tea every every lunch, yep. and uh, so how has that evolved over time? Because it started with you were bringing tacos to help out the frontline workers during COVID. Now it yep. seems to have expanded beyond maybe its original intent, which is great. You know? Well, at the end of the day, we figured out that there's still a need to take care of the people that take care of us, right? So let's say teachers, uh, you know, homeowners association employees, uh, you know, just people like at a golf tournament, all the volunteers. Because at the end yeah. of the day, everybody's so focused on feeding the players, you know, the, the people in the front of the house, I call it. But who's going to take care of the people that actually came to set up the holes, to set up the activations and all that? So we basically come in to say, hey, we can still provide meals to the donors, but why not take care of the volunteers, right? So mm -hmm. throughout that, we've started, you know, as things started going live again, you know, like over the weekend, we did a really fun toy drive for benefiting CASA, right? The yeah. court appointed, you know, advocates. So the same thing, they came back, goes, wait, well, hey, we know we have a program and then, you know, once a month we bring in mentors, whatever. Could you provide meals for that? I'm like, well, why not? Right. So we come into the blood drives, for instance, and it's now become this like almost like cold following because we happen to do one about every other week at a place in Irvine called Antis Roofing. And the same thing, mm -hmm. you can go to any other blood drive. It's all the same. You're going to donate blood. But when you come to the one in Irvine at Antis Roofing, you get a free lunch. You know, right. so people are like trained, just like the same thing goes, hey, I can go surfing anywhere. But, you know, at the end of it, where am I going to go eat? Well, you know, I'm going to go to Wahoo's. In this case, you know, all my partners, Yogurt Land Monster, we provide, you know, treats at the one in Irvine. So it's just, again, we train people. So if they're going to donate blood about once a month or once every other month, right, they're going to sign up to the one in Irvine. So all these little things have been amazing. You know, all the partners are like, this is great. We're thanking the donors. We're thanking the volunteers. So we start thinking about there's no events that are for nonprofit world that don't re require volunteers. So we're mm -hmm. out there. They'll call us and goes, hey, Wayne, can you come and help? It goes, absolutely, Boys and Girls Club. So again, partnering up with Pentel and ViewSonic to provide, you know, computer equipment, to provide, you know, school supplies, the same thing. So now instead of just dropping off the boxes of goodies, we're bringing food. And, you know, right. we help with the installation. So it just becomes a little bit more, you know, fun. It's just not, oh, yeah. here's a bunch of boxes, you know, have at it, you know. And it's interesting to me with the way you're talking about this, the, the, the love drop and also the way that you kind of got the business going with the tacos. It seems to me like the idea is being able to seamlessly integrate into people's experiences you know, you're not hitting them over the head. It's just going, hey, there's there's a blood drive. There's going to be tacos. Okay, that's where I'm going. It's not, you know, it's like 
the the best sales job in the world you're not really selling right it's you go the guy needs a fridge he comes to see you you go hey here's you know three and the guy makes his own decision doesn't feel like he was sold or told or manipulated he just goes in and buys the thing it was seamless he feels great about it you feel great about it you know and i, I i'm feeling this kind of cohesion with what you're doing yeah and i get the same thing like you said if you're gonna go surfing wahoos if you're going to donate blood wahoos if you're going to do anything right we just want to be part of the story the routine so you don't think about it and goes oh my god if i'm going to do this i'm going to put on my calendar six weeks from now when i go i'll make sure with that i go to irvine donate the blood get a little you know taco afterwards it's not a bad deal <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like you know uh my wife and i are hungry and we go to the there's a los alamitos location oh, los yeah. alamitos boulevard right up the street from my house and uh yep. We pop over there, and it's she likes it. It's nice and healthy and light. I like the tacos, and there's good beer there. And uh, my son can eat it. It's something that kids like to eat, which is it's hard to find a meal that all three members of the family are into. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like I said, we're doing a bunch of stuff with the kids. I mean, all the toy drives. I think we started this year a week earlier because normally we start in the first weekend of December. This year – crazy we started on thanksgiving weekend a week before trust me nobody was happy but at the end of the day we were able to do more you know collecting and more distribution so we got one left i think this wednesday in two days where we're going to go to crime survivors and deliver the last of the toys but we literally were able to add you know more so again all the team members got to pick their favorite charity that we could donate them back to so half of it is collecting half of it is deciding who gets all the amazing toys so that's the fun part you know lots of smiles and we were able to bring in the kids from ace of hearts foundation where they helped us distribute and collect so a lot of fun stuff to see you know eight-year-olds get the meaning of not just getting gifts but to collect and give them back so so you're kind of being you're like a surfer santa claus and you know in a <laughs> <laughs> yes surfer claus. now obviously you know all this philanthropy it it, it takes you know a, a lot of your time i'd imagine and I think that shows it obviously to be able to dedicate that much time uh, to giving and things outside of the normal running of the business shows that you have definitely some confidence in the people that are running the taco shop, you know, back back behind you. They're, they must be doing a great job if you feel that, you know, you could spend your time elsewhere. It does. And, and again, I always say, you know, at the, the front line, they see it. They see that I am not only getting the food, I'm delivering, I'm doing all the stuff. So A to Z, I do it all. But, you know, you're, without a great team of managers, you know, at kitchen and all that, this wouldn't be possible. So I always remind them how grateful I am from them doing their part that allows me to do my part, right? But yeah. they, they remember also that this nonprofit caused marketing and all that, hopefully, helps drive traffic back into the stores because most of us like you said we want to support our local businesses so doing what i do in the community reminds them that we know yes we may be around for over 30 years and yes we're a big business but we're still you know nothing is beneath us in terms of the community because we want to make sure that we take care of our neighborhoods so that's what you know it's a two-way and then the customers come in they're happy to come in support our businesses which makes for a really good you know 
store operation for all the guys in because they're never looking for just a bargain or anything else. They come in because they're like, hey, we want to support the businesses that support us. It almost seems like where where you're at right now, it feels like kind of the next evolution of being an entrepreneur, right? Like the, the, the first step is to get the thing going and then you scale and then scale to the point where then you could you could start giving back and then i'm not sure what the next evolution of that is but uh seems like a pretty good spot to be in it's pretty fun i mean the, the other thing that i have done over the years is teach a little bit i do get, do a mm -hmm. lot of public speaking and guest lecturing but uh up until i had our little eight-year-old levi uh, i was spending a lot of time teaching at the local universities which is way more fun because you're really hands-on but it's like having a second job right so once i had our little eight-year-old that that took a you know priority but i lose i do really enjoy lecturing and going to events where i can speak and share the message right at the end of the day it's, i always say it's not about you know just finding the passion and making money it's about empowering the next generation and spreading the love really that's what it's all about when we all can get there at the same time everybody wins and do you find that when you're doing speeches like that that it becomes like a learning experience for yourself because you have to sit and think of what you know. Like sometimes when I've been asked to explain something or how I do something, I end up actually kind of learning more about it because I'm like, oh, yeah, that's how I do it. I wasn't really, you know, and when you get to unpack what you've done and it, it's almost a learning experience for yourself when you got to teach it, you know. Yeah, it's a combination. One, it's learning. Two, it re-emphasizes, right? It reinforces what you already mm. know. Right. He goes, oh, yeah, that's right. Right. That's a good one. And when you start thinking about, you know, through the storytelling and the examples that I use to convey the message. Right. It reminds mm -hmm. me, it goes, you know what? You're right. You know, don't forget about this guy, this guy, you know, and then all of a sudden you reconnect with old souls. And then we're right back. Like right now, I'm literally talking to the IP guys from the Beach Boys. You know, they've oh, been around wow. for, yeah, for over, I think next year they're celebrating their 50th anniversary as a band. Mm. So there's yeah. a great opportunity for us to do something with them. Cause this year we did a huge campaign with the endless summer. Cause uh, again, mm. I was really good friends with Bruce Brown before he passed away. So I saved that for this year. And then next year, the opportunity to do something really cool with the beach boys. I mean, how cool would that be? Oh, yeah. You're doing beach foods with the beach boys. It doesn't get any better than that. And the funny part is, I didn't even think about it. You know, a friend of a friend goes, hey, by the way, do you remember such and such? She's working over there. And I'm like, oh, my God, how cool would that be, you know, yeah. to do a collaboration with the Beach Boys? I mean, how fun is that? That's I mean, they're, yeah. they're legends. One of the greatest rock acts of all time, yeah, you know. Exactly. And so we're coming to the end of this year. Um, what are what are some highlights for for Wahoos that happened in 2023, and what are you looking forward to in 2024? Well, the fun part is getting, I call it, I mean, I, I hate to use the word pat on the back recognition, but, you know, we've won a couple of really cool awards this year. The National Philanthropy Day, they had this huge deal because it was the first live event in four years. And we were, you know, honored with the Founders Award. And again, fun stuff, you know, again, it re you know, emphasize that again, what we've done in the community doesn't go unnoticed, but that's not why we do it, you know. But more important than all that is like just seeing all the charities, everything back on. That to me is like more than anything else, right? And being able to literally 
take friends out again and just celebrate the moment that, hey, I think we're getting through this. We're not out of the weeds yet, but we're going to get there and we're going to be okay. You know, so that is like to me, it's like, hey, in the possibilities for next year, we're getting ready to reopen two stores in Austin, Texas. So oh. we, we lost them due to COVID. And, uh, you know, so we got a new operator that is resuming in uh, two new locations. So we're really excited to go back into Austin, Texas. Awesome. So how many stores will that make it? Uh, that's a great question right now. I think we're going to be at about 52 stores because we did lose a few during COVID. Yeah. But that'll bring us over to 50 mark. Yeah. Well, it's... As to go back to what you were saying about getting back to celebrate with friends and everything, it almost feels like one of the lessons of COVID was gratitude and really appreciating what we have and the things that are going well in life because you don't know until they're gone, you know? Oh, yes. We, we, did, we did lose a few, right? Uh, luckily, yeah. knock on wood, my parents made it through. Uh, you know, but uh, it, it was close call between a lot of friends that did lose some, but uh, knock on wood, you know, ours survived. And I'm really looking forward to a better 2024 because we've had, like I said, we had rains, we've had fires, we had COVID. Yeah. I mean, I hopefully, you know, the next, you know, few years are going to be much better. I mean, and then again, we got the elections next year, which is going to be crazy. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. That'll be another wild trip, too. So yeah. <laughs> batten down the hatches. As for you're, you're mention, mentioning rain, and I have um, this little studio I record out of, and during the rains last year, it leaked all over the place. So today, the last couple of days, I've just been filling all the cracks, and the rain's coming tomorrow, and I'm thinking it's a stress test. Can it? Will it? Will it be dry in here, or you know, see what happens? But well, Todd, you let me know because the one great thing about COVID is my partnership with Antis Roofing. So mm -hmm. I do happen to have access to one of the best roofers in Southern California. So if it leaks, you text me, we'll have a tech guy out there ASAP, if yeah. not sooner than that, because yeah. once it rains, it might be too late. So we yeah. might, when you get off the line, you might just send me an email and I'll send one of my guys because they are backlogged like nobody's business because oh. of all the rain last year. Oh, so yeah. they are in, they're getting ready for this season. So uh, we got to get a guy out there, like I said, ASAP before you find out that the rain is coming. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, speaking of gratitude, I'd like to thank Wang Lam for coming back on for the third time on PR360. It's been a great conversation. And thanks for all you do in the community, whether you're feeding bellies or uh, playing Surfer Santa for everybody. Well, thanks for having me again. Happy holidays. And please reach out if it rains, because I'm telling you, we got to come out, send my guys out there and make sure it gets fixed. Thank you so much. All right. PR360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.